welcome to the Wisdom Calling Podcast. I'm your host, Bobo Beck, and I'm on a mission to help professionals everywhere, from Main Street to Wall Street, to think more critically and to live more strategically, all from God's perspective. And here we are at episode number 20. I don't know about you, but I am having a ton of fun producing this podcast and engaging with so many of you along the way. So thanks for taking the time to listen. Let's jump right into today's discussion. Is anyone truly self-made? The concept of being self-made is very popular in today's culture as evidenced by this recent Forbes headline. America's richest self-made women. Forbes ranking of the country's most successful women entrepreneurs, executives, and entertainers. The byline reads, books, biometrics, beauty products. These 100 entrepreneurs, executives, and entertainers made their fortunes in every conceivable way. Bolstered in part by a rebound in the stock market, they are cumulatively worth a record $124 billion, up nearly 12% from a year ago. So We've all heard these kinds of stories of people who started with nothing and went on to become an overnight success, a transformation that they attributed to being self-made. The implication is that they did not really need anyone's help to achieve success and that they essentially relied only on themselves. Practically, we know that no one truly achieves success on their own. I mean, everyone has grandparents and parents and friends and teachers and coaches. And in the case of the country's most successful women entrepreneurs, executives, and entertainers, they all probably had investors in one form or the other. You get the point. But biblically speaking, there's also no such thing as being self-made. In the final chapters of Genesis in the Old Testament, they focus on God's providence in the life of Jacob's son, Joseph. And Joseph attributed his success to divine sovereignty. That's God's intentional direction and presence in his life. His father, Jacob, had a preference for Joseph, his youngest son, which triggered hatred and resentment among the rest of his brothers. After being implicated in one of Joseph's dreams, the brothers conspired to get rid of him, ultimately selling him as a slave. Talk about sibling rivalry. Joseph ended up miles and cultures away in Egypt in the direct service of a very influential man named Potiphar. Yet through it all, God was quietly working behind the scenes. Genesis 39.2 states, The Lord was with Joseph, and he became a successful man. Joseph further found favor with his boss and was given greater responsibility. But with his dashing good looks, his freedom from supervision, and a rapid rise to a position of influence, Joseph became the target of direct 
and repeated temptation of a sexual nature from none other than his boss's wife. But equipped with loyalty to his boss and a proper fear of God, Joseph refused, which triggered a setup from Potiphar's wife. She lied and framed Joseph, and he ended up in prison. That doesn't sound much like success to me. But Yahweh was still present with Joseph and caused him to have favor with those in prison. God directly used another inmate to eventually secure Joseph's release and an appointment with the Pharaoh himself. The Lord gave Joseph specific wisdom to interpret the Pharaoh's dreams and to predict the future. And as a result, the ruler trusted Joseph to lead the entire nation of Egypt into a historic contingency plan. That's the storing up of grain during the plentiful years. And after seven years of excellent harvest, everything played out as God had predicted. During a regional famine for the next seven years, the surrounding people groups had to journey to Egypt for food including Joseph's brothers, the same ones who 13 years prior had sold him into slavery. After some time had passed, during which Joseph tested his brothers and ensured the well-being of his father, Joseph finally revealed his true identity. Joseph had the authority and every right to enact revenge on his brothers, but he chose forgiveness instead. He could have sent them to prison or had them put to death, but he relied upon Yahweh to right the wrongs. Joseph emphatically testified in Genesis 45, God sent me before you to preserve life. God sent me, not you, but God. God has made me Lord of all of Egypt. This is such a powerful story through which we can cultivate wisdom. There is so much here from family dynamics and birth order, God's sovereignty over the schemes of man, how to navigate when being wronged, the nature of success, sexual temptation in the workplace, the economics of contingency planning, and so forth. But I want to zero in on the source of success. Back in Genesis 39, Moses tells us that the Lord was with Joseph, and he became a successful man. His master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord caused all that he did to succeed in his hands. Yeah, at the end of the day, it was Yahweh who brought about Joseph's success. It was Yahweh who was providentially orchestrating the circumstances of Joseph's life. Yahweh was the one who raised him up and then allowed him to be brought down and then raised him up again. The success is no different for you or I. Although I... I hesitate to mention success on its own because it's become such an obsession in our culture. We as believers are never commanded to be successful or seek out success at all costs. 
We are, however, commanded to work hard as unto God and be faithful to him. We can certainly pray for God to provide for and direct and bless our lives. For example, Abraham's servant prayed that Yahweh would, quote, grant me success today, end quote, during his search for a bride for Isaac. Later on with the transition from Moses to Joseph, Yahweh made the connection between following his word, meditating on it, and then experiencing good success. Much later on in Israel's history, Nehemiah prayed in Nehemiah 1, Give success to your servant today and grant him mercy in the sight of this man. And then in Psalm 118, One of the psalmists prayed, Save us, we pray, O Lord. O Lord, we pray, give us success. Psalm 118.25 The key seems to be related to our motives and how we define success. If we define success solely based on material wealth and status and notoriety, then we have adapted a worldly way of thinking. But if, on the other hand, we are aligned with God's heart and his mission, then we can confidently ask him to cause our efforts to be successful, to achieve their desired or planned outcomes. This is a matter of orientation and perspective. And in the end, who receives the credit? Who receives the glory for what has taken place? For Joseph... And for those who knew him best, God was undeniably the source of his success. So I want you to take a moment, wherever you are right now, whether on the treadmill at your local gym or in your car or just before bed, take a moment to just reflect on this for your own life. To what or to whom do you attribute your successes up to this point? How has God worked to help you achieve or prosper? Are your plans and dreams aligned with God's word? When you do experience a degree of success, are you quick to thank him? When talking about your achievements and accomplishments or sharing them on social media, is it an effort to make yourself look great or an effort to point others to God? There are so many angles to this, isn't there? But but you get the point. And may God be gracious to us as we daily navigate a culture so fixated on success and so fixated on the surface level trappings of what success looks like. Well, I am so grateful for you as a listener and I ask this of you after every episode, but seriously, would you take just a minute to either leave a review or share this episode with someone else? These each add up to make a significant impact. Hey, coming up on the next episode, I sit down with my good friend, Dr. Will Gray. Will is an organizational health management expert and leadership consultant and We're going to be talking about Moses and his father-in-law's advice to him related to delegation. So you don't want to miss that conversation. By the way, I am almost done writing volume three 
of the Wisdom Calling devotional series, which I'm so excited about. So stay tuned for more information on that. Well, that is it for now. Thank you again for tuning in. May you flourish in all that you do this week as you fear God and cultivate wisdom in your life and work. Until next time, grace and peace.